Welcome to the Natural Life Academy. Two mums sharing simple steps to a more natural life, for better health and a happier planet. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Natural Life Academy. I am Claire Cameron and today I'm not joined by Kylie. I'm doing my first solo episode because today I'm talking about my experience with polycystic ovaries and what I did to overcome it naturally. Um, Now, I am of course starting this with a massive caveat that I am not a professional in any way. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a naturopath. I'm not qualified to give advice. All I am doing is sharing my experience and what I did and how I went from polycystic ovaries and being told that I had a 5% chance of ever falling pregnant naturally to now sitting here six months pregnant with my third child third naturally conceived child and yes so I will get on with my story so so it starts I always start it a fair way back so you will have heard a little bit about this from me when I did the about me episode um, back when we first launched a couple of months ago so go back and listen to that one if you want but it basically started back when I was in high school, so 16, 17, I had shocking skin. Um, I wouldn't say like cystic acne, but just terrible, terrible acne. I was so embarrassed. I wouldn't leave the house without makeup. I carried concealer in my pocket to school. Um, my my poor parents spent an absolute fortune on beauticians and dermatologists, and I tried um, I think at the time there was an antibiotic that you could try, you know, everything topical throughout it and then ended up on Roaccutane and to go on Roaccutane, you also had to go on the pill. So from what I know now, we'll look at that and think all of those things that I was throwing at my skin were probably contributing to the problem because the problem was hormonal. But back then, it wasn't really a recognized thing that acne was linked to hormonal issues. Or if it was, maybe it was only a very um, small section of the medical profession that might recognize that. And possibly that's still the, the fact. Anyway, I went on this medication I and the pill. The medication, I think, was an 18-month dose, so a, whole, a long time to be pumping pumping my poor body full of the awful drug, but I did it and my skin was fantastic. So I was happy because back then, you know, teenager, I just wanted nice skin because it's all superficial, right? Okay, not for everyone. I'm making a broad generalization, but for me, I, I just wanted nice skin. I felt so not confident not having nice skin and I hated it. So I was happy to do anything to get rid of it. So I didn't really think about it again until, you know, throughout those 10, 10 or so years that I was on the pill, I did change pills a little bit. At one stage I was starting to get headaches really badly before the withdrawal bleed. I'm not going to call it a period because it's not a period. Um, so I changed a few, you know, looking back, they did affect my mental state in some at some times, which I didn't recognize either because nobody told me that the pill could interfere with that. Apologies if you can hear that noise. The neighbors have just decided to start 
with the gardening. I swear, podcast time. Always an invitation for the neighbours to garden. Anyway, so it wasn't until after we got married in 2012. So pretty much straight after we got back from our wedding, I stopped taking the pill because I had heard that it can take quite a while for your body to start um, functioning again, producing everything that it's meant to produce, especially the longer you've been on the pill. So for some people, it can be straight away. For some people, it can take ages. So I went off the pill um, about six months later, still hadn't had a period. My skin was terrible, like as bad, if not worse than it was before. I was I had bacne to go with it, which was just horrendous and at the age of how old was I 27 it was just so unpleasant and something that I didn't think I'd have to deal with again so it was an absolute emotional roller coaster because at the same time we are trying to get pregnant so I'm not getting a period so I'm doing pregnancy tests every other day wondering if I'm pregnant or if I've got something wrong with me um so it wasn't great emotionally and that was on so we got married in the may and in the january i think i'd had maybe three periods in that time we were lying on the i was lying on the beach with some girlfriends and one friend was i think she'd just finished medical school and i was complaining about everything and she said um maybe you have polycystic ovaries and i thought <laughs> I freaked out. I like, I don't want to have that. I've only heard awful things about it. Um, I'd heard of other people who'd had quite an ordeal getting pregnant after finding out the, they had polycystic ovaries. So my first reaction was kind of freaking out. But then I, so as soon as we got back from hol- Christmas holidays, I booked an appointment with the GP and she sent me off for, I think it was just blood. A blood test? No, it was a blood test and an ultrasound at that stage. So an ultrasound of my ovaries and a blood test to check my anti-meridian hormone, I think it is. I could have completely made that up, so don't quote me on that. Anyway, if that's high, it's an indicator of polycystic ovaries because that's your um, egg stores. So obviously, I guess there are certain levels at certain ages that they would benchmark it against. And if your level is quite high for your age then it's an indication that you haven't been ovulating which is also an indication of polycystic ovaries anyway I also had um I don't know if they call it cysts on your ovaries but that's what I had so the went to the GP she said yes it looks like you have polycystic ovaries I want to refer you to a fertility specialist um and then you'll go from there so I can remember where we lived at the time we were living in a unit and the GP was at the other end of the street so I'd walked there and it was maybe six or seven blocks and I had to walk home keeping myself together without bawling in the street and I just walked in walked in the door and cried and cried and cried that night when my husband came home I cried and cried and cried because all I'd heard is all these horror stories about polycystic ovaries and getting pregnant and all I wanted was a baby um I had a friend friend who'd had babies another friend who was pregnant and I just the unknown anybody who's ever had trouble getting pregnant just knows the un, it is so unknown you, you literally have no idea 
if or when you'll ever be pregnant. And this wasn't a dire situation. I thought it was at the time. Looking back, it wasn't. But when you're in it, it's very hard to not feel like that. So once I got myself together, um, booked my appointment for the fertility specialist. So this must have been about mid-January. I remember exactly the appointment with him was um, Valentine's Day, so the 14th of February. And in the meantime, I turned to Dr. Google. I know the one that everyone doesn't recommend. Now, these days I use Ecosia because it's a lot more environmentally friendly. They plant trees for... I think every 40 searches. So if you want to make a nice ecological swap that is ridiculously easy, use Ecosia instead of Google. Just a tip for you. And they also have an app so you can have your search app on your phone just using Ecosia. Um, That might be another story for another day. So anyway, I turned to the internet and I searched for um, alternate treatments, polycystic ovaries. And I did not find very much at all. The first thing was losing weight because, um, polycystic ovaries is often a condition of people who are carrying excess weight. That wasn't the case for me. I was in the healthy weight range, wasn't advised that I lose weight. That would be detrimental to hormone health because you actually have to be a certain, you have to have a decent level of fat on you. If you're super skinny, it's not good for your hormones. If you're overweight, it's not good for your hormones because your fat interacts with your hormones. Anyway, I think Kylie needs to do an episode on that. So I was in the healthy weight range. The next recommendation was ditching anything that was a xenoestrogen, believe I'm pronouncing it correctly, or aka a product that mimics estrogen so your body interprets that as estrogen thinks that it has excess estrogen messes with your hormone balance big contributing factor to polycystic ovaries then number three was acupuncture and chinese medicine so i actually found an acupuncturist slash chinese medicine doctor who get this practiced two blocks away from our house So I made an appointment with her, but it wasn't until the end of February. She was really popular, really hard to get into. So I went to the fertility specialist, um, sat down with him. He looked at all the test results. He said, yes, you do have polycystic ovaries. Um, And first step is taking a drug called Clomid, which forces your ovaries to push out an egg, basically. And I said to him, are there any other treatments? Is there anything naturally that I can do or anything lifestyle any changes that I can make that might increase my chances Um, I said I've read a lot of good things about acupuncture Um, lots of testimonials lots of positive reports and his response was and this is not me viewing a doctor um, negatively this is just me demonstrating the lack of integration between all of these things i just have this big belief that if everybody worked together we could be so much healthier anyway his response was look you can try that in my experience you have about a five percent chance of ever falling pregnant naturally with this condition now my husband's response in his head was that's nothing in my in my head i don't know why but i thought five percent 
I can do that. <laughs> so we, I said to the doctor, okay, look, I want to give it some time. I don't want to go on the medication right away. Um, I had viewed in my mind, the pill had hidden my condition for all that time. And if my body wasn't ready to fall pregnant naturally, then I didn't want to force it. That was me. Again, no judgment to other people. I'm just sharing my experience in the hope that this might help somebody else. So he said, okay, that's fine. You can do that. What I can do for you is write you, he literally gave me a stack of about 25 blood test order forms so I could test when I was ovulating. So we worked with, so say you get a period, which I wasn't getting at that time. And then two weeks later, you'll do the blood test see where your levels are at and then I had to ring the office he would tell me the levels and then I would either know that I was ovulating or I'd have to do the blood test again in two days I made such good friends with the blood blank blood bank lady and I told him my life story one day I turned up and she'd made me brownies yeah I looked like a pin cushion but you know again on reflection nothing compared to what so many people go through this episode was sponsored by Low Tox Home, our online program where you will learn how to make simple, natural swaps in your home to save money and improve your family's health in less than five minutes a week. For more information or to enroll, head to clairecreations.com forward slash home. While I was waiting for my acupuncture appointment, I started with the getting rid of anything that could mimic estrogen. So I switched to all organic meat and dairy because a lot of meat and dairy producing animals are pumped with hormones hormones you then consume they don't get rid of them they don't weigh them out they're in their meat in their flesh in their fat especially dairy um so i switched to organic with a lot of those i eliminated soy because soy is a can be a big estrogen mimicker it's also 95 percent of it is genetically modified also not good for your hormones i got rid of plastic water bottles that was one of the big things and um, plastic containers because you know i was just drinking out of a supermarket plastic bottle filling it up all the time really not a good one for hormone health especially for young girls that's one thing you can do for your young girls get them a stainless steel or a glass water bottle even bpa free we're still learning every day about different types of plastics and the the harmful effects that they can have so it's just better there are options now it's so easy to go and buy a stainless steel water bottle so or a glass water bottle if your child is a little older um so i did that and then i started looking at my cleaning products my skincare products and I basically got rid of everything and switched to all natural because as we know as we've discussed in other episodes fragrance one of the biggest things contains phthalates and parabens usually Mm, getting my phthalates and my parabens mixed up anyway really bad for your endocrine system which is your hormonal system so eliminating those things letting your body learn to recognize its own hormones instead of confusing it so i got rid of all of my or makeup as well makeup skincare cleaning products i did start making a little bit but at the time i 
didn't know enough to make my own and I don't know I probably didn't want to um also hadn't discovered essential oils yet so there was that and so I I bought stuff and it was super expensive and really time consuming looking for all the different products doing the research and there wasn't a lot of information out there either so that side note that's why Kylie and I created Lotox Home our online program if you want to check it out go to clairecreations forward slash clairecreations.com forward slash Lotox Home that's our online program which teaches you how to replace all those products in your home easily and affordably not the way that I did it so I did all of that I also um did my best to bring in practices to reduce stress because stress is another major 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 factor that can mess with our hormones so that's why you see sometimes some women who might quit work to focus on getting pregnant and it kind of makes the situation worse because their full focus is on that and it makes it even more stressful um, for me, it was I was doing some breathing exercises for about five or ten minutes a day, which I thought was just so much time. Um, the things that we think before we have kids, right? Um, I started doing yoga. I stopped running and started walking because I had read that it can be stressful on the body. So intense exercise can be stressful on your hormones as well. Again, this differs person to person. Some people it's really good for. Um, some people not so good for. So for me, that worked for me. And then I started seeing the acupuncturist. And she did her ma- worked her magic. She made me up this mud tea. Like I am talking, it tasted revolting. And I had to have it morning and night, every day. Um, and within, I've probably still got my my little diaries. Within, I mean, maximum a month, I had a period. The next month, I ovulated and had another period. Within three cycles, I was pregnant. I remember ringing. I did started doing the test. So anybody who's ever um, tried for a baby knows that you ovulate and then you have fourteen days. That's the the two week wait the TWW if you've ever been in any fertility groups so usually you're advised not to not to do any tests until day 14 or 15 I started on day 9 and got the faintest line you've ever seen I still have the tests which is kind of gross and I kind of didn't think anything of it then I think I did another one on day 11 and it still looked like there was a little bit of a line there. Day 13, I did it. And there, there was pretty much a line there. I I even got so, I'm going to say obsessive. I got my digital camera out, which is, no, I'm a food blogger to start with. So I had quite a hardcore camera. Took a photo of it, put it on my computer, blew it up. <laughs> so I could see if there was a line. There was definitely a line there. Um... But we were still sort of in disbelief. I showed Will and he's like, oh, yeah, there's a line. But something in us didn't really think that th- that could be the case. So I rang the doctor. Um, 
and he said, yeah, just go and get the blood test. So I went in, got the blood test and got a call from his receptionist. Oh, four hours later. And I just remember her exact words. Oh, there is a pregnancy. I'm like, okay. So that was on a Friday. Then to go back on the Monday, get the HCG checked again, everything rising perfectly. And that was it. I was pregnant. And I didn't have to take any medication. I didn't have to have any kind of fertility treatment. Um, it was all from simple changes. Which I have a bit of a theory that polycystic ovaries are kind of used a little bit too broadly these days. That fertility, that, that all of these products... All of these things that we're putting into our bodies and on our bodies and around our bodies and our homes are contributing to our fertility issues. And that reducing the chemicals, um, going back to nature, getting more connected with the food that we eat. So like in our previous episode, thinking about nourishing ourselves rather than just consuming food. Um, and really thinking about what we put on our bodies and in our bodies and around our bodies can make such a difference to our hormonal, our hormonal health. And if this little baby in my stomach, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl, if it is a girl, I will do everything in my power to teach her that um, so that she hopefully doesn't have to go through any fertility issues when, if and when she decides she wants to have a baby. So it's kind of, that's one of Kylie and my goals is just to spread the word about all of this stuff that we're not told could be doing us so much harm. And we're just led to believe that, you know, if it's in the supermarket, it's safe. But in fact, it's really not. And it's really just doing us so much harm. Um, and I hope that one day we are not the extremists um, or the conspiracy theorists saying these messages and telling people that these things are dangerous. You know, a lot of people still say that it's a big joke, that you know, we're just um, fear-mongering or whatever. I believe the evidence is there. And then, so I had my healthy baby. And we decided that we did want a second child. But um, after having trouble the first time, thought, you know, it might take a while. So we just thought we'd see what happened. Uh, our first was 11 and a half months when we found out we were pregnant again. So it just goes to show that sometimes or a lot of the time nature does know best. Now, again, I'm not saying that someone who might be having fertility issues and trying all these things is doing anything wrong. Everybody is different and you've got to do what's right for you. I'm just putting it out there that there are options, that we don't have to take what one person says as gospel or as the only option we have to with all of this stuff empower ourselves get informed do your own research don't just go to one person and take what they say and it's the same with 
anything. We've learnt too much to rely on what other people tell us, what professionals tell us, what marketing tells us without actually knowing. So I guess that's my message, my message, my message for everybody. Oh, and then, you know, baby number three. Hello. Again, after I, so baby number two came after I had been to my friendly naturopath and she told me that I wasn't having enough protein. So I had really low energy. She told me I needed to have more protein. So I had more protein. Started having more protein and I got pregnant. This time, I was also a bit low on energy at the start of the year. I went on an exclusion diet to try and get my gut going again. Had an iron infusion. So every time I do something to really up-level my health, hello, baby. <laughs> so there's something in that. Fertility, being fertile, is just being healthy. That's what we should all strive for. Whether you want to get pregnant or not, we want optimum fertility is optimum female health. All right. I think I've yabbered on enough, but I hope that that can help somebody. And please, if you have any questions at all, just yell out. I'm loving people contacting me about the podcast, asking questions. Um, probably Instagram message is the best way to contact me. We have both our details in the show notes of the podcast or via our free Facebook group or via email, whatever, whatever suits you. I'm happy to help, happy to talk. I also have a recommendation for an acupuncturist in Brisbane. Now I didn't before my acupuncturist retired a few years ago, which was tragic. Um, I've got another one for you. If you're in Brisbane, otherwise, happy to help with what to look for or whatever, whatever it is, or just to talk, give you any information that you need. So just reach out. All right, guys, I will see you next week, probably back with Kylie. Thanks for listening to the Natural Life Academy. If you love this episode, we would really appreciate if you would leave a little review for us and tell us what you think. And if you want more from us, head over to Facebook and join the Natural Life Facebook group where we will share more tips, tricks, recipes, and of course, inspiration for your natural life.